even the bad game movies can be good. My question is, do we need more Batman? I feel like we have enough Batman. No, that, you know? like, we don't. <laughs> okay, okay, yes, fine. I, okay. Mario Brothers movie, infamously sort of uh, crapped on, but I think it's more creative and entertaining than two-thirds of the comic book movies out there today, and that's a fact. But hey, this was a dream scenario. This is Seriously, the only show that gathers three of the best tech and entertainment journalists from all over the internet to debate the most contentious topics for your entertainment. This week, we're talking all about video games and whether or not they make good movies. And I'm joined by Bradley Russell, entertainment writer at Games Radar, James Davenport, editor at PC Gamer, and Sean O'Connell, managing editor at Cinema Blend. You'll each have 20 seconds to lay out your argument. Are you ready, Bradley? I am ready, yeah. And I think if you asked me a few years ago, I would have said no. I think there's a trio of movies that maybe suggest that trend is sort of going in the opposite direction now. So we have um, Tomb Raider from 2018, which was a pretty passable, pretty decent action movie. Sonic, which was a legitimately great movie for kids. And now we've got the upcoming Mortal Kombat movie. And they're all not only trying to be great video game movies, but also great movies and good movies in their own right. I think we will see eventually in the next three to five years video game adaptations finding their ultimate home on television. But for now, I think it's trending upwards. There is an uptick and we are getting good movies out of video games. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm excited to see where the TV shows come up and I'm sure they will come up in our discussion in a second. But Sean, I want to come to you next then. Your time starts now. Yeah, I want to believe that movies uh, can be made from from video games, from really good video games, and we can get great stories because there are great stories that exist in several video games. It's just that, you know, to date, the data shows that it's a really hard thing for filmmakers to figure out how to adapt. And I don't know if it's because the directors that come on board aren't huge fans of the franchise or, you know, they're just treating it like a gig uh, or if they're trying to figure out what it, what makes the game popular and what people love about the game and try to translate it over to the movie. So uh, Tomb Raider is a great example of a more recent one where it feels like everybody involved uh, believed in the game and knew what what people liked about it. I get excited about movies like Uncharted, you know, or the the Mortal Kombat film that's coming up. They seem like they could really inspire great franchises. But you know, I, I've also lined up and 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 waited in line to see terrible, terrible video game movies on opening day, and I'm reminded, oh yeah, that's right, these are really hard to make. We have all certainly been burned before. I know there'd be a lot of people watching at home that feel the same way. James, coming to you then last. Let us know what you think. Do video games make good movies? Yeah, they do. They absolutely do. Uh, there's no reason. There's no reason. There's no inherent reason they can't be. I think adaptation is its own art. And I'm always dying to see what creators make when they leverage the strengths of the medium that they're they're great at. Uh, and video games are an excellent creative starting point and origin point for something unique. So as long as we sort of let go, and historically we don't, and I think this is why we perceive so many of them as bad, as long as we get let go of any sort of perfect expectation of translation, I think we can have a lot of fun. Games are too big and complex and monolithic, and our experiences with them are too personal to make some sort of kind of perfect movie that represents the whole of everyone's experience. Uh, it's just not going to happen. Um, so as long as we let the translation be fun, even the bad game movies can be good often. And an example uh, I turn to quite often is the Super Mario Brothers movie, infamously sort of uh, crapped on, but I think it's more creative and entertaining than two thirds of the comic book movies out there today. And that's a fact. I don't normally come straight back to somebody after they've done their opening 20 seconds, but you have to, you have to back up that claim a little more. I think the Super Mario Bros movie, I think widely renowned 
as yeah. maybe not the best example of a video game movie. What what cements it in your brain as as a standout one? Well, I just think it's it's totally it's it is adaptation to me. It's it, like I I think of uh, all of the different spins you can have on a Shakespeare play. You know, modern, uh, historically accurate. This is this is like the edgy action movie take on something that I think is like you know a, a cultural artifact that that can be spun out in so many different ways. Mario doesn't have to be. I, it, Nintendo will never do let it happen again, but Mario doesn't have to be like the the Dreamcast like CGI guy he's evolved into. I think that especially back when when it was a, a pixelated guy on a screen, there was so much room left to the imagination there. And this is an example of someone taking that and going, all right, we're going to interpret this as something silly and goofy. And, you know, maybe they took it more seriously uh, back then. But I think now we can watch it with, you know, sort of tongue in cheek enthusiasm and have a lot of fun with it. So, well, Sean, you're nodding away there. Are we all going to turn around on this show and, and say that we're in support <laughs> of Super Mario Bros. movie? I don't know, but I have to get your thoughts on it. No, not by any stretch. <laughs> um, but what what I think Super Mario Brothers does at least is it has a vision and a and a a tone, you know, that it adheres to. And I think one of the things that it does is, and most successful video game movies figure out how to do this, is you have to play beyond the audience that just loves the games, right? It has to be an entertaining movie to just about anybody who sits down uh, and says like, okay, I don't know this universe necessarily, but I'm going to go along for this two-hour ride. And if you really do hook me, we're going to get involved in some other things. And some of that comes with casting. I think part of the reason why the Tomb Raider franchise uh, with Angelina Jolie did so well is because people liked seeing Angelina Jolie on these adventures. And and Tomb Raider is inherently a cinematic game anyway, so it, it translates pretty easily. But I think something that happened with when Duncan Jones made his Warcraft movie, right? Like, I didn't know if that was accessible to other audiences. And so you you find a lot of examples of, and I think that's a really hard line for video game movies to walk is, how do we be really um, faithful to the people who do love the property? But how do we also convert it to more mainstream audiences? And and I, But I totally understand what you're saying of how Super Mario has a nostalgic factor to it. And yes, you can put that movie on now and have some fun with it, but I'm not willing to say yet that it's a good movie. I think this is a really interesting point, right? This idea of, of kind of accessibility. Like movies are much more mainstream than video games. And so you're trying to get that mainstream audience in whilst pleasing that video game audience. Bradley, I'm curious, is there one that sticks out in your mind that you think has has towed that tightrope quite well? Well, it's one that we haven't seen yet, but I have seen parts of. It's the um, Mortal Kombat movie. I was um, lucky enough to speak to one of the producers, Todd Gardner, and um, I asked him, I said, like, what lessons have you taken from video game movies of the past? Because let's, let's face it, they've had like a sort of mixed reputation. Um, and he was almost taken aback a little bit and... He said he doesn't see Mortal Kombat as a video game movie. He sees it as an action movie, as a as a martial arts movie. So it's almost like there was this sort of specter or this anchor weighing video game adaptations down where they have to sort... The bar is only so high for video game movies. It can't be... For some, it, it can't be best in class. It can't be talk of the industry because it's a video game movie. And it's really refreshing to actually hear a producer speak out and say... We want to go beyond that. We want to do more. We want to be more than a video game movie. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. You know, I think, interestingly, 10, 15 years ago, we were having the same discussion about comic book movies, right? Oh, it was good for a comic book movie. Mm. And then The mm. Dark Knight came out and I think changed everybody's mind about that. Sean, I wonder, do you think 
in 10 years time we'll be having the same discussion around video game movies do you think mortal kombat will see this rise of incredible video game movies we could. I mean, the one thing that helped comic book movies is they treated the source material seriously. Uh, you know, they they used the source material as a way to answer a ton of questions. You know, the comic book genre had a ton of really m- bad misses early on because they thought they could put Ben Affleck in a Daredevil movie and it didn't have to really adhere to the roots of, of what the character was. You know, they just they lean on a on an action star. We've seen an evolution of some really great games that have come along recently that lend themselves to the translation. But we went through a phase where, like, Mark Wahlberg had a Max Payne movie, you know, just because it was a popular game at the time. So we have to make a series of really strong decisions, I think, by studios to treat some of these properties with the respect that I think the fans of those communities really want them to have. But the games have to evolve. You also have to see, like, what is going to be really popular. Like, do I want to see a Fortnite movie, you know, in five years? No, not by any stretch of the... Uh, <laughs> of the well, all right, maybe I, maybe I do. <laughs> maybe if it's treated properly. Um, but I also do like movies that have taken the concept of what you can do in a video game and spun it off of a property that we don't necessarily know. Ryan Reynolds has a movie that's coming out soon called Free Guy that looks to, to put him into a video game world and i like the fact that it's just creating its own rules as it goes forward that's creative um ready player one the spielberg's movie is not based on a video game but feels very video game inspired um i would like to see more directors come to the the field and say like okay i see all the different things that people love about video games and i'm going to incorporate that into an original story that might be one way for the for the genre to sort of evolve uh in the medium of film yeah definitely i'm James, I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. You know, you mentioned earlier, Nintendo would never let another Mario movie get made in Mm. in a similar vein to that previous one. Do you think that's part of the problem here is that that people are too constrained by by the video game sort of franchises and all the input that comes with that and that you're better off kind of withdrawing from that side? Yeah, I mean, like that in the ideal in an ideal world, I think that those are the kind of video game movies I want to see that aren't constrained by the brand image uh, and and sort of the expectation uh, that the the game movie is going to look and feel uh, fundamentally, you know, like the game. Um, and and I, I think that is that's where a lot of game movies f- fail. Uh, one that I think successfully walks that line that is immediately familiar, recognizable, and yet playful and and interesting and very much unlike the games. I guess technically there's a Detective Pikachu game, but Detective Pikachu, you know, sure. uh, is this really fun, you know, step into the world of Pokemon. The <laughs> They're all rendered in realistic CGI, which has mixed results sometimes to comedy, sometimes to, you know, uh, great, uh wow and nostalgia factor but it's you know it's an independent story that doesn't try to be the more popular series you know of and and story of a pokemon master sort of like working his way through the uh, elite four and you know so on and so forth this is just it's it's a it, it is a format and a story that fits the movie you know constraints very well it's a mystery and you know, uh, and it's appealing to kids because we've got Ryan Reynolds, who is a very popular you know guy these days, and uh, voicing Pikachu. We didn't think it would work. It works perfectly fine. Some great set pieces, some great storytelling, some great casting, as we mentioned earlier. It treats the source material with a lot of respect, without feeling like it's boxed in in any by any means. So I think that that kind of model is is something that I think we'll see a lot more. Or I hope to see a lot more of 
going forward. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think you mentioned something really interesting there about about the story, right? And finding a story that fits. And potentially that's where some of these films go wrong, right? They're trying to shoehorn a 20, 30 hour long story in a video game down into two hours of a movie. And, and Bradley, I want to come to you. You mentioned in your kind of opening blurb there about TV maybe being the area where this kind of takes off. And obviously we know the Last of Us series is on the horizon. One of those games that is sort of, you know, 20, 30 hours. Do you think TV then gives these characters more time to develop and this story more time to show off what's really great about it? I mean, by its very nature, television will give us more time. And we only have yep. to look at like a, t- a touched cultural touchstone such as Marvel now with the recent WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where they've not only taken decades of comic book history, they're taking actors and characters who maybe don't get the spotlight in their own movies mm. and are now given the time to uh, to flesh out. I remember Anthony Mackie said in an interview that he'd have to go into a movie and he, he knows he's only got two or three scenes and he has to nail it. And now he can flesh it out, he can expand his character. And I think we will see this with video games, where video games are a active experience across like you said dozens of hours hundreds of hours in some cases and movies are usually like two hour runtime but television will be able to go across six hours eight hours ten hours so like multifaceted complex stories such as the last of us can actually get the attention that it deserves yeah it's an interesting point right but when you think of tv you think of much lower scale lower budget projects right and but we're seeing Big actors take on these roles, Henry Cavill in The Witcher, and I think Pedro Pascal is is cast in The Last of Us, right? James, I want to come to you. How important do you think that like casting and budget element is? And do you think we're going to see TV shows really start to expand as projects like this take off? Yeah, I think I think casting matters a lot. We're spending uh, dozens of hours, you know, behind the eyes of these characters in these games, um, getting to know them pretty intimately, hearing them comment on every little object in the environment. Um, and, and we do need to ca- give, give these casting directors some leeway, I think, because, you know, look back on, uh, when Henry Cavill was announced as Geralt, I think a lot of us expressed doubt there mm. and he was actually a perfect fit. I think he's, he's an amazing Geralt. Um, but yeah, it's it's gonna that matters a lot. It's a huge challenge. I think to like move into the the part of that question about TV. I think where a lot of this will be, at least in the next five years or so, you'll see video games moving into TV more into anime um, because lower risk, lower budget, unless it's a huge property. Um, casting's less of an issue when it comes to, uh, you know, the, the face you see, because it's, you know, you can just, uh, depend on the art and style to do a lot of work there. We're seeing that with Dota. We're seeing that with Dragon's Dogma, Castlevania, um, and, and more, I'm sure I'm missing, but I think it's, uh, you know, in the rising popularity and accessibility of that stuff on Netflix and elsewhere, I think it's just uh, a perfect avenue to tell some of these longer stories, that require more outlandish effects and, and settings that maybe budgets and studios aren't ready to quite you know spend the money on. So I think anime, anime is the future. <laughs> anime is the future. It's interesting, right? Because you know we talked about do video games make good movies, and then moved into TV, mm-hmm. and then anime almost feels like with every step we're taking here, we're going back towards video games ever so slightly. <laughs> I'm curious, Sean, to get your thoughts on this. Do you think it works better the other way around? Do you think turning a movie franchise into a video game is actually the way that we should be spending these dollars here. You know, I didn't think about that 
until we had a quick conversation before recording the episode because I tend then that's when I realized that those are the games that I love to pick up and play. Um, and I think it's because I just I love the movie franchises, so I'll seek out like no matter how bad any sort of diehard you know video game adaptation has been over the years. I still want to play as John McClane. So if you can put me into something that's realistic, uh, I think that's phenomenal. There's been, you know, a couple of really great James Bond video games over the years and a couple of ones that have not translated quite so well. Uh, currently, we're seeing some of the greatest Spider-Man games ever because it's allowing you to be the character. And so, yeah, those are really exciting. And I think that, you know, as we continue to sort of take, I think there's plenty of franchises that have been untapped. I know that they just recently announced an Indiana Jones game that they want to put people into. It gives you the opportunity to do another story in a franchise that we love. It doesn't have to rely on Harrison Ford, who's 78 now at this point. Um, you can go in a lot of different directions with these things. And, and think about the number of franchises that have never been explored in video games, um, or at least to my knowledge. Like, if you put together a Back to the Future franchise, you know, and, and let you play as Marty McFly and zip around to different time frames. Like, I think that would be amazing. Is there one out there? Am I missing out on a Back to the Future game? There, there is. is there? There's a Back yeah. to the Future okay. game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, and is, is it any good? <laughs> and mixed reviews, I think. I think okay. it, it, uh, it set itself up as like canon and a continuation of the story and then did a lot of kind of crazy stuff with time travel and stuff like that. And that's the risk, right? You take these... You take these formats of stuff that people love and really change the way that they're viewed. And uh, yeah, it's always a little bit of a risky one. I'm curious then, Bradley, your thoughts on this. You know, I think sort of back in the early 2000s, it felt like every major blockbuster movie that was coming out had that tie-in video game, definitely to mix success. Why do you think they've gone away a little bit in recent years? And do you think we'll see a resurgence of them at some point? I think partly it's cost, partly it's time sink. You look at the games industry now, the trends that are developing where unless you're AAA or a really experienced indie developer, you're not sort of getting that budget. You're not sort of getting that time to create and craft those sort of games. And honestly, like a lot of them, I, like, they're not critically received like too well sales wise. I don't think too well. Like you're going to look at that as like a sunk cost for a lot of it because you know, it's only like a pale imitation of the movie that I, a lot of people are going to go and see anyway. And you just look at the past history of like the old, old um, Amazing Spider-Man games, for example, where there wasn't just wasn't there wasn't too much hype around it. And they just sort of come and go. And like oftentimes as well, you'll see that they don't align with the release, which if you're releasing a movie tie-in that comes in a game six months later, who's going to care as much? Like there's a, there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of risk. Is, it, is the reward worth it? You're going to probably say at the end of the day, probably not. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely, with everything, it's reward and risk, right? And I'm curious, James, to get your thoughts here. You know, we're seeing game streaming become a real thing, right? Game Pass is an incredibly powerful service that does mm. mitigate a little bit of that risk. If you had a video game tie-in movie pop up on Game Pass the same week the movie does, that's a no-brainer. We're going to see a lot of people try that game out because essentially to them, if they're already a subscriber, it's free. I know it isn't, but mm. it kind of is. <laughs> Do you think that that sets this industry up to take more risks like this? I don't know. I think a lot of that's going to depend on whether Game Pass and such takes hold in the long term uh, and reaches a wider audience. Microsoft is certainly doing a hell of a job, uh, you know, setting the pace there. And I think it certainly opens up, assuming, 
Indiana Jones, uh, Bradley, like you were pointing out, lining up the timing is, it sounds way too optimistic to me for it to ever be day and date with, with a movie. But I think the way we consume media now means that we just have these big piles of, of endless walls of uh, rectangles scrolling by us, you know, in our various services. And if you, you know, timing matters a lot less. If you Watch Indiana Jones, wherever you watch it, Disney Plus, um, pay the extra 20 bucks day and date if the, you know Disney continues with that. Um, or if you watch it years from now, uh, having, you know, as, as, a, as someone who came up without any knowledge or interest in, in the series, you see that, you play that, and then boom, maybe there's, uh, you know, you're playing your Xbox and you see that name and boom, no investment, no no risk on your end as a consumer like yeah i think i think that kind of synergy long term is going to be super powerful especially as the libraries behind these services grow i'm really curious to see you know we, we think about them as siloed off from one another but i oh here i am like animes the future making these big proclamations i i wouldn't doubt that uh you start to see netflix and game pass or you know these streaming services do some kind of cross promotion thing or Netflix dip into games itself or, you know, uh, and vice versa with Microsoft, maybe roping in their own video streaming services into one singular entertainment package. That's the dream, so, yeah, right? We'll That's the dream. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to come around each of you then as we close out here and I want to find out from each of you one video game franchise that you would love to see turned into a movie. And Bradley, I'm thinking I'm going to come to you first, putting you on the spot, sure. but go for it. There's one franchise that sticks out in my head that I can't believe hasn't been adapted yet and that's Mass Effect um, mm. one because that sort of cultural print where it's, it's almost like a Star Wars Star Trek sort of style franchise in terms of a grand space opera but also there's like this like elastic band well where you could go anywhere with Mass Effect you could have these grand adventures fighting the Reapers as Commander Shepard but also you could go you could really like drill down into the Citadel into these sort of Blade Runner style worlds have crime procedurals mysteries these heavy sci-fi tropes, everything. I think you can do pretty much anything you want with Mass Effect. And for me, I just honestly can't believe that it hasn't been adapted in some shape, way or form. Yeah, I think I think it's probably a matter of time with a franchise as big as Mass Effect and the new game being teased recently as well. I think it's probably a matter of time, right? James, what do you think? One franchise you'd love to see make the transition? Oh, well, yeah. Uh, I'm going to be hated for this, but I really think something like a Dark Souls could work. It is commonly called unfilmable, but there's this Dark Souls takes place after the fall of civilization. It's sort of the end of the world. Um, I would love to see Lordran uh, and that universe, that grim fantasy universe, while the cities are bustling with people and commerce and see that culture uh, while it's alive and well, I think that suits itself super well to something. And uh, another like dangerous thing to say is Game of Thrones. It give it a Game of Thrones budget and styling. Uh, you know, maybe tell us a better story in there. Uh, but I think you have kings, queens, betrayals, war, uh, scary, spooky creatures, and 
you know, terrible powers beyond our uh, imagination. It's it sounds like the perfect kind of uh, movie or TV show for me. Yes, yeah, an interesting one. I think w- when you initially said it, I was one of those people who was like, "Ooh, no, mm. that wouldn't work." But the, you've been saying it all along, right? The way you would lay this out is to step away from the game, tell the story before, mm. right, where it is more busy. The whole point of Dark Souls games, kind of, is that the story is obtuse, and you really have to go out and find the story and sort of tell that in a film i don't mm. think would work right but like you say tell a different story in that world and uh, i think you could get some people in that'd be exciting to see sean coming to you then last finish us off one video game that you would love to see turn into a movie i'm gonna cheat and give you two um i want a live action okay uh batman arkham asylum adaptation uh, you don't have to tie it into a massive franchise just have somebody go to town making a batman the raid type movie um, I also want someone to tackle Bioshock eventually. I'm a huge fan of the uh, mm. Art Deco lifestyle, and the, I think that that could translate visually. It's got a really great mystery to it. Um, it's not a, as recognizable of a property outside of the video game world, so you could get creative with it and I think get away with making a few changes to the narrative in order to make it uh, visually interesting. Gore Verbinski, uh, who directed the Pirates of the Caribbean films, obviously came close to, to getting that made. I think he really loved the world, and I think that kind of game needs somebody who buys into the mythology of everything that took place there, but it'd be so much fun to see that brought to life. I would love to see that. I would love to see that. My question is, do we need more Batman? I feel like we have enough Batman. At the no, moment, you know? like we don't. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes, fine. I, okay. <laughs> but hey, this was a dream scenario. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down for it. Let me know in the comments down below what video game you want to see turned into a movie or let me know your thoughts on the general topic. Do video games make good movies at all? Genuinely curious to hear what you have to say about this one. If you enjoyed this show and you want to see more of it, you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, even Spotify, Google Podcasts, stuff like that. Go subscribe. Do all the likes. Do all those things. We appreciate having you around. I've been Matt Phillips. Thank you to my panel of guests, and we will see you on the next one. Bye-bye.